Hey. Hey. <laughs> how many how many thumbs are you holding out right now, Matteo? <laughs> I'm holding out two of mine and part of one of Francis's. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little a little bit of a cooking cooking incident, I assume. Yeah, I chopped the tip of my pinky off last oh. night. <laughs> that sounds pretty gruesome, Just actually. Get- it was actually really gruesome. I'm, I'm not, for me, I mean, probably in the, it, you know, looking at it from a trained EMT or medical professional, they'd be like, whatever. <laughs> but for me, it was gruesome because I guess I can't handle parts of my body being lopped off, even small parts. Which is like pretty, pretty <laughs> Apparently. Sure. Oh, no, Francis, I've had, Francis, uh... did you ever ride fixed gear bikes? <sighs> oh, no. I mean, I had yeah. in passing. Did you ever sure. read, like, all of the horror stories on the internet about, like, be careful when you clean your chain or whatever, because your finger could get sucked into the chain oh, God. in dog situations? Good God. I know where this is going. I've, yeah. <laughs> no. I almost, I've seen like, things. I, I, I almost regret to admit that that happened to me. Uh, oh. I, was, I, was, I was actually in a really scenic place. I was, like, right on the, um, road overpass that kind of goes like up and through Grand Central Station in New York, like sort of up through and around. There's a sort of like half exterior tunnel that the road goes through. Mm-hmm. I was changing mm-hmm. a flat tire and may have been a little bit uh, alcoholed at the time. Um, and my bike bit me as I was pulling the wheel out. And I bled a lot and I had to like tear the arm off my t-shirt and wrap it around my finger when I rode home. But the cool part the cool oh, part, and, and why I'm telling you this, is that, okay, so I had this, like, big chunk taken out of my finger. It wasn't awful. You know, it, it made me made me chunk, a little bit a lightheaded. Chunk. The cool thing was that, like, when it healed, like, it, it filled in with new skin and everything. And and Yay. then it, like, just pushed the rest of it, like, the tip of my finger just turned into a callus and fell off. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it made me gross. feel like a lizard person. Uh, that's what oh lizard God. people are, right? You can, people who regenerate stuff. If you thought of it, you could have uh, added to the catalog of gruesome fixed gear dismem- you know, dismembering photos that are on the internet that um, I'm not going to link to at all because they're no, horrifying. No, no. And I have, I have a very low tolerance for that kind of thing. Like, I have, um, I, I have no joke, like, passed out because I got, like, a splinter like right under my nail bed and my fingernail and oh my I god that, sound, that sounds like literally what? torture like that stuff people is do disturbing. that to torture other Ugh. people they stick things yeah if that's fingernails. actually torture yeah yeah it was Ugh. it was it was it was it was really bad i i also when i like saw myself in the mirror after breaking my collarbone um that 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 caused me to to pretty much faint in the shower too i i think that's pretty common i mean i can tell the, the story quickly of chopping my finger off Bring it. okay um, five minute intermission so while we were chopping... all passed out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was chopping vegetables for dinner and i was you know having a beer and i was kind of like chop 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 and i mean like i know proper knife skills i know you curl your damn fingers but i was just like very rough chopping a potato and i was really going yeah. at it with the knife yeah. And I got to the end of it, and I felt it hit my pinky, and I screamed, you know, because that scream of, like, oh, that was bad. Like, I just did something really bad. Oh. And I kind of ran around the kitchen, and my boyfriend is upstairs at this point, and I, I ran around the kitchen holding my pinky, being like, uh-oh, oh, no, I did something bad. I don't want to look at it. And finally, I, like, pulled my hand away from my pinky and looked at it to see the chunk of flesh missing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. So I go back to the cutting board, found the piece of my pinky on the cutting board, <laughs> no. promptly threw it away, and then started to get really lightheaded, um, went into the bathroom, like, had, like, a good look at my hand, and then, like, realized I was getting that, like, classic ringing in your yeah, ears. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, my boyfriend's, like, trying to find the gauze upstairs, and I was like, I'm gonna go bleed on the couch. So I went and lied down for a couple minutes so I didn't pass out. Oh. But I mean, like, it's just like, you know, it's it's a very small wound in the grand scheme of things. But just, like, looking at the inside of my finger, I was all of a sudden, I had this realization of, like, if I don't get myself in a horizontal position in the next ten seconds... Yeah, I'm yeah, you get, like, the, the ringing in your ears, and, like, the, you can feel, like, the blood drain into your, like, the pit of your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I could feel, like, 
if I felt yeah. nauseous, I had like, like my hearing started to literally go because the ringing was so loud, and I was like, I know what's <laughs> not here. not good. I feel that way. I feel that yeah, way every so- time I forget that I had beef for dinner last night. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh, it's and funny once though, again, because it all like, rats, in, just like, wraps right back around to poop. Oh, uh, yep. But like in cycling crashes, like I've ripped off huge chunks of flesh, um, in like road rash style, and that doesn't seem to bother me. That I'm just like, ah. Oh, yeah, road gone. rash is pretty much MBD. But, I don't know what it. I mean, I've never had like truly severe, like all over my body road rash, so maybe that would be. I haven't either. I mean, I've definitely, like, I've taken off pretty large swaths of skin, but, like, not, it's never made me feel like I wanted to pass out. Not like this thing. Sure. On this tiny little... Do, do, you, two, do you two know <laughs> that there uh, is, like, a Belgian semi-pro team or something that is or was sponsored by 3M, the makers of Tegaderm, which is <laughs> every road rashes, like, nice. favorite thing to ask your nurse friend to steal you some of? I mean, yeah, that seems oh, like yeah. such an obvious sponsorship opportunity in cycling. That seems like the best sponsor yeah. in the world. Uh, if you guys want to hear another funny story, back when I was in college, and of course Greg and I were in college mm-hmm. at the same time, racing in yeah, the Yeah, we were very nearly in the same place. Heard... <laughs> yep, and I uh, i don't even know if you were there at this race or not, but I was in—I was at UVM and a crit, and I had my first really bad crash with bad road rash, where my teammate ended up in the hospital. I did not, but bad road rash. And being a poor college student that I was, kind of went to CVS and, like, lustily looked at the Tegaderm and was like, huh, you cannot afford. <laughs> and so instead of buying the Tegaderm, my college solution was to tape myself up with nonstick gauze and then reuse the gauze oh, over and over no. again every time I took a shower because I was too poor to buy oh. new gauze. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't get any infection. Oh and I understand that is the dumbest thing possible to do. But I would literally take the sections of the gauze that, like, had been wrapped, like, sandwiched inside of itself. And I was like, this looks pretty clean. And, like, put it on the open wound. I, wow. Uh, I, it's amazing I do, I'm still here. Oh, my God. I actually do know which race you're talking about. I was there because your your teammate had a concussion. I do not know about your gauze reusing <laughs> ex- of, of your medical experimentation. <laughs> Now you all know my horrible secret. You're a Civil War soldier. <laughs> I probably would have reached into my very shallow pockets and been like, go get some Tegaderm. Actually, I'm not sure I knew what Tegaderm was. I mean, I probably, I probably could have bought new gauze. I think it was more that just like trying to be like, I know if I spend this money on gauze, then how will I buy beer? <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, that, something that is generally like that. the thought process at that time in your life. You know, oh, besides yeah. the 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 beer will kill the will kill the bacteria <laughs> somehow. Uh, I did have one of my uh, EMT friends in college holding me down and pouring hydrogen peroxide. Over <laughs> me. Oh, that is! <laughs> I'm pretty sure times. that's contraindicated <laughs> in the case of road oh, rash treatment. That was but torture. Oh, it makes it bubble. Oh God. <laughs> so, guys, I, I have yeah. a confession to make. Is that and that's that I was looking at my phone a little bit um, uh-huh. during this conversation. And um, Francis, when you actually mentioned that, like, you lost a little bit of your finger, like, I thought you were making a John Degenfold joke. <clears throat> but I just saw huh. uh, someone just sent me an article that uh, Phil Zajicek, who's an ex-pro who's suspended for life because of doping, got into a crash outside of Boulder, Colorado, and arm whatever. Oh, holy shit, that was Phil Zajicek. That was, oh my goodness. I heard, I heard that story, I didn't know who it was. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's like high up that's on the awful thing. A lot that's that's a level of amputation that I just never Ugh. want to see. How are we how do we get onto this like dismemberment? <laughs> like we've been talking about essentially dismemberment for like ten minutes. We have. It's an interesting topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh yeah, I suppose so. Maybe we I should talk instead so. about about some memberment instead. I'm not even. I'm, I. I. I don't. I don't want to talk about. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get the feeling that you're trying to make some kind of transition, but damned if I know to what. <laughs> this is the Honest Bicycle Program. And, yeah. Welcome, uh, by the way, to the Honest Bicycle Program. 
<laughs> we've been chattering away. That was a that was a nice cold, long cold open we had there. Yeah, and and the Honest Bikes Bicycle Program is now part of the Wide Angle Podium. Yeah, big news. Thanks for um, I mean, yeah, thank thanks for breaking that news, Matteo. Um, I had a speech written. I was, oh uh, crap! Sorry, Greg. No, it's okay. I didn't really have a speech written. Um, but it is very exciting. First, we should say, I'm Greg. Um, joining me are Matteo and hey. Francis. Hey, Hello. what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, we're part of a network now. This is this is tremendously exciting. Um, the Wide Angle Podium Network. There's uh, there's a few of us out there doing these uh, for now, you know, cycling related podcasts. And uh, someone, uh, you know, our friend Spencer over on um, the Slow Ride Podcast decided, uh, hey, we should team up. Um, none of us are getting rich doing this, um, but, you know, we could maybe drive some more traffic to each other's sh- uh, shows, be stronger together, and uh, perhaps even um, find a way to, you know, not get rich off of this, but, uh, uh, you know, m- maybe do some fun drives down the road and stuff like that. So we're part of this network. We're really excited about it. Um, go to wideanglepodium.com. Check it out. Um, we're um, one of the shows launching on the network along with uh, the Slow Ride podcast, previously mentioned. Uh, also, uh, Crosshairs Radio, um, Bill Shiken's show, and the other the other show that Bill Shiken does uh, with uh, a couple of his friends, Kids Don't Follow, uh, which is a music podcast. Um, so we are very excited to be in the august company of these uh, really fantastic shows. And if you happen to listen to us and don't listen to either of those shows, um, well, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, you should check them out. And, uh, yeah. So we'll have more to say on that down the road. I think we can also probably say, you know, obviously the Wide Angle Podium Network is going to bring a lot of new people who are just very familiar with all these other podcasts to ours. And we just want to say, hey, welcome. Yeah. Take a seat. Make yourself comfortable. This is, I assure you, this is exactly what happens on this podcast. (laughs) Yes. Representative. Um, yeah, uh, what was I going to, well, in, in down the road, we'll probably be doing, um, well, we'll have more to tell you about that. I don't, I don't want to go, I don't want to spend too much, too, too long on this. I, I can tell you that, uh, you'll still be able to download, um, and listen to the show, uh, on our current website. I'm still going to be posting there, um, standarddouble.com slash WHBP and... The RSS feed, for those of you who are using podcast apps and the like, and iTunes and whatever, is going to change over to being hosted um, at Wide Angle Podium. So uh, if you have any hiccups in that, if you haven't heard the show in longer than is usual, and you check over at the website and find that new episodes have been posting, it's because there's been a hiccup in in the feed updating. It should go smoothly, but if it doesn't, um, just unsubscribe and resubscribe, and uh, hopefully that will fix it. But anyway, should should be okay. We're going to assume that hasn't happened. We're going to assume that everything is working great. And yeah, we're excited. That's it. That's it for that, I guess. That was your speech. Were you going to do like a? I'd like to thank everybody who was the producers and like uh, an Academy Awards kind of. You, there's no reason to do that. That's not. This isn't really. Strike that. Strike that. <laughs> Probably not. Probably Good not. Good call. Let's save. Save that. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, let's see. Is there any way we can gracefully segue into, I don't know, things not involving maiming and dismemberment, um, but involving bicycles um, and the riding thereof? Do you want me to try? I mean, I'm down for either of you to try, really. Spring time. I'm... Woohoo. And as we have this new beginning on the Wide Angle Podium Network, we also want to talk about springtime. <laughs> oh, Nadia, you're a master. <laughs> I adore you. I'm, um, just, I'm just, you know, starting to get a little bit lubricated, hey, pale ale, so I wax a little bit poetic. You know, you'd think a pale ale would be... I always thought this before I knew anything about beer. It would be like, pale ale sounds like it's wimpy. Sounds like there's not much to it. Sounds like no, a Budweiser. This just tastes like grapefruit juice. <laughs> yeah, Budweiser's pale. Is that a pale ale? <laughs> <laughs> Miller High Life is pale. Is that a pale ale? 
No, that is the champagne of beers. That is the champagne. Well, <laughs> yes. Mmm. Champagne. Delicious champagne. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, spring. Because spring is here, and um, I don't know what you guys, my bike is just a shit show, frankly. It's just, it's, it's just a mess. I actually, um, I, I can't really relate, because... I, uh, a, a friend of mine sent me a shipment of cleaning products from his cleaning product company as part of some sponsorship. So I got a, I got a, a box of finish line stuff. And what I really, th- what I thought was really cool about it, I know this is going to sound like I'm like plugging a sponsor or whatever, or maybe <laughs> that is kind of what's going on, but I, I took it and I used it and it was really great for cleaning indoors. It was still winter time. The hose isn't on in the building that I live in. Couldn't really go outside. And I could use all of these noxious chemicals to just, like, clean my bike inside and wipe it down and get it, like, really spick and span. And then, of course, like, I went for a ride and it was kind of wet and it got all messed up and I had to do it again a few days later. Um, but my bike is so clean that on the last ride I went, a friend of mine was like, Adio, yeah, I could just, like, eat off of your cassette. And I was like, yes, That's gross. finally, I have, like, one of those cassettes, <laughs> yeah, seriously. one of those chains, one of those crank sets, there's, like, no grease on it. It's just sparkling and good looking. <laughs> I'm with Francis. That's gross. <laughs> I don't want to eat it gross because having like that <laughs> Well, okay, that part's definitely gross. Is it also gross because having a too clean bike is like spend more time cleaning it than riding it? No, no, the too clean the truth, bike guys. is is admirable. It's it's the eating off the cassette mostly. Yeah, it would be <laughs> hard. Like what could you eat off of a cassette? It's not really an ideal serving platter <laughs> I can't I can't see this being a fruitful avenue of discussion <laughs> It is it is getting to that time well in winter was was is like this too though like winter in theory can be less disgusting because sometimes it's just snowy and not too too wet but I mean you know then there's salt all over the roads and everything is covered in and look this, this is just part of part of uh, what we have to deal with is I get super frustrated because I do not have the patience to clean my bike every frickin' time I take it out and it mm-hmm. gets dirty. Because um, I want to ride my bike and I have a life to live. Um, and there was a time in college when, for some reason, I considered it a reasonable use of uh, my evenings to, like, on Friday night or something, to, like, strip down my bicycle and, like, wash everything in great detail and... I mean, I was single, so that might <laughs> that have something to do with it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I find it Is this the, the riders of clean bikes don't get laid theory? <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a reasonable theory, personally. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've got some. I've got dinner to make. I've got fingers to chop off. I'm a busy man. Or woman. <laughs> Yeah, or sure. Busy woman, fingers chop off. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for all of us. <laughs> I have nine more fingers I need to amputate. <laughs> yeah, get <laughs> get to work on that, Francis. Come on. <laughs> Why would I clean my bike when I could chop off my fingers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really behind the eight ball on the finger dismemberment right now. So uh, priorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just like. Uh, I don't know. I get, I, I just, get, I don't know. The noises I... and the cleaning and the maintenance in the, the winter and the spring, it's like, it's among my least favorite things about riding a bike. I hate cleaning bikes so much. I just feel like, can't we invent a bike that stays clean? <laughs> like, and it's like people talk about like, oh yeah, I get fenders. Fenders are amazing and they'll keep you from getting... Fenders are nice. Like, they definitely help. Like, especially help keep you from, like, being filthy. But I'm not like... I don't know. I don't think that they keep the bike that much cleaner. No, they don't keep the bike clean at all. They just gunk everything up in strategic places. They, yes. like, sometimes keep your ass a little bit. And the person's face behind you sometimes. Yeah. De- yeah. Depending that, on the type of fender. M- like, mostly what fenders do, yeah. Yeah, unless you have the fender I have, which is the asshole fender, which just keeps my butt clean, but does not help the person <laughs> behind me. 
Oh yeah, I rock that too. <laughs> Sometimes if if I'm not even rocking that and I ride through a puddle, I'll just like put my hand over my butt so that I don't get like <laughs> like clammy road grime ass. See that I don't understand because in my world, I don't want to have crap all over my hands because I'm likely to put that hand gloved as it probably is all over my face. Whereas I have yet in my life to put my butt on my face. <laughs> and, you know, I usually, after a ride, just take off the pants I was wearing when I was riding and put them in the laundry machine. And I mean, That's... I also put myself in a shower, but I mean, I wipe my face so often when I'm riding. It's not that I, I don't know. I don't want road grime unnecessarily yeah. all over my face. Uh, since since we've kind of like touched on our uh, gauze buying habits from college and our uh, over overly enthusiastic bicycle cleaning habits from college, I was very lonely. Did oh, you Greg. did you two ever like when you were starting to ride bikes did, or when you were starting to like race bikes or wear spandex or whatever? Did you ever just come home from a ride and hop in the shower like still clothed in like the one pair of kit that you had and just like wash that and hang it up to dry and wear it the next day? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a different system. What was your system? So the collegiate system was when all of us only had one kit and we had double races on the weekends, most of the time of which one of was likely you're going to get mucked up or wet or whatever, is to strip all those clothes off, put them somewhere, Take them into wherever you happen to be staying, you know, be it hotel, sketchy motel, someone's house, you know, wherever you drop, which in collegiate cycling can be some sketchy places. Um, and then you take them into the bathtub and you swish them around with some hand soap. And then what you do is you fold them up <laughs> in a bunch of towels and then you roll the towels up and squeeze them and then you step all over them and then you hang them up <laughs> overnight and that actually dries them for the next day. If you don't do the ridiculous nice. towel step, they will be damp when you put them on the next day. I know oh, this from practice. <laughs> I misunderstood the question. Um, I never <laughs> did... Teacher, I misunderstood the question. <laughs> <laughs> I never did the jump in the shower still wearing kit cleaning technique because I'm not really convinced that... I'm not really convinced that if you're wearing an article of clothing in the shower that it is actually getting clean. I, I think it's more like absorbing your various uh, dirty juices. Yeah, that's probably more like uh, <laughs> Well, you're not supposed to be doing diarrhea in this shower. Yeah, and it's back to poop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the honest bike program. Like... We talk about poop. <laughs> I don't mean like poop juices. I just mean like the normal, you know, post-ride rinsing off juices. When you said awful juices, I, I went to the awfulest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said rinsing off, not awful. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, that may um, be. <laughs> no, but I did. I definitely did. I, I definitely, I, I definitely did. Um, you know, reuse kit as horrifying as I know that this is uh, highly. Uh, you know, this is sort of heterodoxy in in cycling circles, but uh, I was guilty of like uh, strip those shorts off and turn them inside out and hang them up. <laughs> And hope for the best. I mean, I just admitted that I reused gauze in college, so I think anything is on the table here. <laughs> yes, <you're>, yes, seriously. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, I was feeling bad for not doing the towel dance thing, because I, I, I never did that. I did make the mistake. Um, I just had things like, I didn't realize that uh, when I saw people with, like, you know, leg coverings coming out from under their shorts, I didn't realize that those were, like, leg warmers that, like, stopped you know, at your, like, upper thighs. I thought that they were, <laughs> you know, tights, like, under under your shorts. So I did that. I mean, that's a, that's a fair assumption to make when you're a new bike racer. Yeah. Most yeah, collegiate racers was... assume that when they're in the collegiate D or C categories, which is the equivalent of the, you know, the starting out categories for collegiate. It's basically, yeah. I mean, collegiate D is basically category six. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's the it Florida was like, of bike racing. Oh, there's some fast bike racing in Florida, but I know what you mean. You, got, you gotta start uh, somewhere. Yeah, you gotta yeah. start somewhere, but it was like, it was weird, because I did one race, and that was fine. Like, for some reason, it didn't bother me. I think I was too absorbed with, like, um, you know, the race itself, and, like, not realizing that, like, the bell had rung, and 
and not realizing that there was a sprint going on and you know which i still placed like 10th in so yay me um but then it was like every subsequent time i tried that a few more times i was like man this is really uncomfortable how does anyone do this <laughs> and anyway i stopped doing that i think we've all seen also you know people who like nobody has told them not to wear underwear under their kit yep that's yep. a thing that's true someone has to tell and them. like do you want to be the person to it doesn't it feel like like it would embarrass somebody to tell them that like to tell them that they're doing something that's like kind of personal really wrong yeah. There's there's a tactful way to do it. There is. It helps, I think, if you know some. Like if you know somebody, you can provide unsolicited advice. There's just like an extra level of fraud when it's if there's a stranger. Yeah, my my method for that was that, especially when I was running my collegiate cycling team, was to just give the blanket disclaimer to all new riders. Just like I'm not going to mm. assume you do this, but I'm not going to assume you don't do it. But we don't wear underwear under our cycling shorts. Just like blanket to everyone. Yeah. That way, yeah, no one feels embarrassed. They could quietly fix the problem if they were doing it. Everyone's happy, or at least will be happy. It's really hard to take underwear off on a group ride <laughs> without other people noticing. I'm assuming for the next ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the lesson. This is the lesson of hard hard won experience on Manny's part. Hard to take off those underpants on a group ride. No one noticing. <laughs> You just take them off and you put them on the outside. <laughs> oh, Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants style. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, or, you know, there's the um, the bib straps over the jersey. That's a thing, too. Well, it's not a thing, but it, yep. you know what I mean. It's a thing. I was, uh, yep. I'm just yep. so reluctant to, I, I don't know, I, I just feel bad, like, being, you know, because, like, I don't want someone to think I'm making fun of them. I Or, like, you know, the helmet that's on backwards, it's like, ooh, uh, like that's, did you, did you try it the other way? Because I bet it would, I bet you'd be happier. Uh, when I was on a ride, I once saw uh, a man, had to be at least in his 80s, possibly in his 90s, riding down the opposite side of the street from me on a Segway with a backwards mm. helmet. It was amazing. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't do anything, I didn't say anything, I just rode on by and I just gloried in whatever was going on. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's great that a guy in his 80s or 90s is, like, out and about and riding his Segway. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like you sort of yep. don't want to mess yep. with that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't touch it. I just let it be. <laughs> I was, uh... I just appreciate it. I was riding on the Greenway, I think it was last spring, <clears throat> and I saw somebody with a flat tire patching his tire by mm. applying a tube patch to the outside of his Yes. Hmm. And I just didn't really have the heart to handle that situation. <laughs> I don't know that that begins to that begins to shade into I don't know. I, I don't you feel like you're kind of obligated though? Like that's not going to work. There are a lot of things that I feel kind of obligated to do <laughs> that I do not do. <laughs> I, I just even if it's like like maybe if it's a tubeless situation that might work. I've heard of people doing that, which I think is crazy. Is like putting a patch on like the outside of a tubeless tire. Yeah, um, sounds like you're just shooting failure there. <laughs> it just well, it seems so improbable <laughs> that that would work. But I don't really fully. I have to admit, I don't really fully grasp the physical laws that kind of govern how patches work. So, <laughs> well, I'm. You know, it's sticky not... and it closes a hole. Well, it's sticky, but it's like vulcanized. <laughs> yes, right. It, yes, yes. There's fancy vulcanizing words is involved. kind of like it's kind of like welding rubber, right? Like vulcanizing is like through some chemical process, like two different pieces of something become, become one. Yeah, it's rubber sex. Uh, <laughs> rubber marriage. I, I actually think that's a different thing, Francis. But... <laughs> uh... Let's Google think, this. Let's I think that's Google like this. what you're supposed to do when you're like at the club. Rubber <laughs> sex? <laughs> Is that no, where two mind. people put on like ridiculous rubber suits and try to have sex but fail because they're wearing complete <laughs> rubber suits? 
I mean, you know, we're They're like, ah, oh, if only there was a way for our genitals to, to smash together, but this rubber is blocking everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think if you're, I think if you're that excited to be wearing uh, rubber, then uh, that uh, smashing together of genitals might be sort of not the point anymore. But anyway, maybe we should move on. Guys, from you're that not topic, supposed to I... just mash them together. You're not. <laughs> I'm not really sure that this re- falls under our mandate. <laughs> as a podcast honest bicycle program how does sex work <laughs> yeah new episode <laughs> yes honest bicycle program and puberty talk step one oh, if yeah. you're wearing a rubber suit take it off <laughs> <laughs> that would be yes <laughs> i'm not i'm not that might be step like 18 <laughs> Rather than step one, but okay, we you know we. I can... mean, listen, this is our springtime episode. It's about new beginnings. It's about people going through changes, you know. <laughs> the changes of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the change in life where you go from not wearing a rubber suit when you want to get extra friendly to <laughs> wearing a rubber suit and smashing your genital areas together, apparently through the suit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think oh, I think I have to check the explicit tag on this oh, episode. <laughs> no, oh, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna kill our listenership. Those uh, five year olds out the out the door down the drain. <laughs> um. <clears throat> okay. Uh. So. Um. Mups, should we talk about should we talk about multi use paths? <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about anything except Sure, let's uh, talk about multi-use uh, paths. Fetish wear. I'm not going to take that as sexual innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very that's very big of you. I'm a big person. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything? Cause, so you sent an email out a few days ago, Matteo, where, you know, we were talking about having a little bit of a springtime episode and and you did uh, have some bullet points one of those was other people on on mups i think that um we talked about an aspect of this previously when we talked about commuter racing yeah we did you know i i, I was just thinking that uh with the nicer weather that we've had here in minnesota lately uh, i started to see a lot more people out on the trails and that's that's great like no no ifs and ends or buts no if and but about it, or somebody rescue me from the sentence. <laughs> it's a good. Th- it's a good thing you're trying to say. Uh, it's a really nice thing. Out. It's a really nice thing. All the same, you know, it's 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 hard to not roll your eyes at uh, some other people's kids and what they do in shared spaces. Kids are tiny drunk people. Um, you just have to assume drunk human smaller than normal. <laughs> <laughs> not even I mean not even like children but just like uh, why is that guy blowing by me at like 25 miles an hour other people right oh, and then uh, why is that guy people why is that guy panicking as I'm blowing by somebody at 25 miles an hour oh cause I was gonna say I'm the person blowing by them at 25 <laughs> miles an hour yeah that's and, it, and, it, and it's just like it's all relative like someone has a problem with you you're like I'm fine like everything's fine I'm in control and then somebody does something that you don't like and you're like yeah what's wrong with you you're out of control so I have a very probably controversial way that I deal with uh, multi-use paths, mm-hmm. um, and probably no one is going to like me for this, but it works for me, so I'm going to keep doing it for the time being, <laughs> is that I, you know, I, I know it's it's general courtesy to say on your left as you're going by someone, but I've found that the, my success rate for not hitting people is to actually just say nothing. <laughs> which I know sounds terrible. This sounds like I'm a horrible person, but I have a reason. I say nothing because when I do announce that I'm coming and I'm usually coming at a pretty good clip, maybe not 25 miles an hour, but you know, somewhere in that range. And I say on your left, instead of people moving to the right, the first thing they do, turn their head left and move right into my path. Totally. So yeah. when I'm coming at them at that speed, I generally find it better to just kind of, if, if they have, you know, if they've given me enough enough width, I just kind of go right by them. And they may be startled as I go by them, but they're definitely not going to be in my path because by the time they make any movement, I'm already past them. Yeah. And so I feel that that's safer for everyone involved. 
Because if I am going at 20 miles an hour and I announce that I'm coming and I say on your left and they do the look and turn and step into my path, that's dangerous for both because then I have to slam on my brakes and then they're wicked confused and they're pissed off at me. Um, my exception is children. If there are young children, I absolutely announce my presence. Oh, yeah, because you never know what the hell they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I assume tiny drunk people. I assume they're just going to wander <laughs> into my path. But if they're if they're consenting adults, I will not say anything and just blow by them. So which I I yeah. I, just, I, uh, I clap mm-hmm. my my the paddles of my scram lever again. You know what I'm describing? Like I, I, just, I do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure okay. anyone understands what that. <laughs> I just go. Woo! <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I agree. I hate saying on your left. I do too. I would actually it like. Makes I would them like. Go left. I would like. I would like membership in your organization. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. I would like to co-sign on your loan. Uh, I am 100% on board with that. Part of it is is I admit just that I'm a weirdo and I I don't really like to like talk to people in public. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't need. I I just feel strange. Like what about my in voice. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I I'm an ethnic New Englander. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I will slow down. I will, you know, if I if I do not have room to give a wide berth and I'm going quite quickly, I will either, you know, I'll I'll, I'll slow down quite a bit, um, especially if it's children, because honestly, even if you alert children to your presence, um, they are basically just loose cannons. You never know what they're oh, going to yeah. do. Oh yeah, I just slow down to like three miles an hour and assume they're going to wander right into my wheel. Yeah. yeah. So I, and that I, actually I have like never a fails. safe thing to do. Not quite yeah, like a they, full they usually stop do policy, that. but like just just slow it way down if there are kids around. You know what's kind yeah, of shocking yeah. about that, actually, is, you know, I remember being a child. I don't remember being so randomly directed and, and or undirected, as the case may be, and just unaware of my surroundings. But I, I you know, I was nothing special. I must have been. I shudder to think of the, of the number of times that I was nearly, like, knocked flat on my ass by some random person. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because I just had my head in the us. clouds, you know, because I was a kid and I was thinking about, like... I don't know spaceships or, or whatever flying through space. Um, oh yeah, I mean I'm, I'm, I assume kids are just totally in an absolute different planet than the rest of the world. I mean, I once had a child who was like walking in a puddle in the middle of the bike path, and there was like enough obstacles that that was exactly where I had to go. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like slowed way down, like looked at the parents to be like, "Hey, your child is in the only way I can go," and finally came to a dead stop in front of the kid. And it's not the kid's fault. It's like. Uh... <laughs> I was like, parents, come on here. <laughs> yeah. You got to do something. You have to make the path accessible. You have to make it so someone can go through the path. I, I was once uh, riding over the George Washington Bridge from New York to New Jersey just to pick something up from somebody. So it was just a quick little trip. <clears throat> and coming toward me was like hundreds of Boy Scouts on some like walking field trip to New York City. Oh, no. God. And like <laughs> none of them had gotten their walking in single file over a bridge merit badge. <laughs> and it was it was so rough you know i i finally like got through them and picked up whatever i was picking up from someone on the other end of the bridge and turned around and went back and i like encountered them on the way back too except that this time like their backs were to me and so it was even more treacherous it was like a sitcom except it's also a sitcom with like a five foot high fence and a 300 foot plummet to certain doom on one side of you yep yep <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Like most sitcoms. Like most sitcoms. Yeah, it's just New York, though. I figured that there's, like, certain doom on one side and certain doom on the other side. And uh, just a whole bunch of of misdirected children in between. That's what New York is like, right? That's how I think of New York, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I I guess, I don't know. I I guess we're saying um, people suck. No, wait, no, that wasn't it. I mean, I I like my method, but I wish I could have a little sign on my back that's just like, I'm not an asshole. I promise I'm doing this for your safety. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like, I've definitely... This is better for both of us. I've definitely had the scene where I go, I ride by someone who's walking along, like, on my bike, and, you know, you you go by and then you hear, like, the, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They're totally surprised. They think you were about to kill them. And it's just like, ugh. It's like, you know, I... Given the reverse situation, I can't say I wouldn't have that reaction if someone blitzed by me at over twenty miles an hour. But you know, well, I mean, I I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop and be like, uh, let me explain the situation to you. <laughs> you know, I your natural reaction when I say on your <laughs> left is actually to go left because I've said the word. Oh yeah, no, you should try that. That would go. That would. I, I bet that would go over really well. 
they'd be like, well, I never, there's children on this path, and you're such a terrible ruffian with your guns and your bicycles. <laughs> you're, are you packing on, on your ride? Yeah, usually. I mean, I carry that AK-47 with me, you know, you never know. <laughs> slung over your back. Over <laughs> do you th- do you two think that because we're we're cyclists and because we all know someone who's been hit by a car, we've been hit by a car. We we have this sense of vulnerability <laughs> that we we are actually thinking of these these interactions and how we ride in ways that do kind of maximize like everybody's safety. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I think. I mean, I've been hit. I, and... Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, it changes your whole perspective on it. Because, I mean, after I was hit, I spent months thinking that, like, cars were going to come out of the woods. And I was going to smash into them, because that's how I got hit. Not, car didn't come out of the woods. I mean, car came out of an intersection. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, it's it's that whole fear of, like, the world is unpredictable. Yeah. Anything can happen at any time. I'm going to kind of p- place myself in the best situation for everybody. Yeah. And I've, I've had people yell yeah. at me because they think that I'm going to hit them when I ride my bike. But I've never done that, and I think that you know the other the other important issue is like perceived safety versus like actual danger. Like people kind of perceive that you're being unsafe because you're going faster than they are, and that's not there. Yeah, I mean that happens right. with you know with people driving too. I mean, of course, that is actually more likely to be the case if someone is like speeding at like eighty miles per hour and they pass you. They probably are being kind of unsafe. So it's different, but like, you know, yeah, I, I try to be, I've, I've, as I've gotten kind of, as I've done this more, I've tried to become more respectful, not just of like what I am trying to do to be safe, but like other people's perceptions of what is safe, which is why these days I, I tend to slow down a lot more when I pass people. I was never one to like super duper buzz people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends in college at, at UMass who like doing what they, oh man, I can't even, it makes me annoyed just talking about it but you know people slaloming as they called it trying to ride their fixed gear bikes really fast through the crowds of people walking between classes and it was like guys like you're being total dickheads like you know even if you aren't going to hit people which you probably are in that situation you know because i don't know whenever i'm riding along i basically have like a little um (laughs) i have a little program running that's been like calculating like everyone's trajectory and like where the likely intercept points are um and and there's a part of me that actually gets kind of annoyed when people interfere with that like when someone's walking across the street and i like start aiming more towards the middle of the crosswalk but they freak out because it seems like i'm heading right toward them and it's like no 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 no, keep walking at the same speed Mm -hmm. like (laughs) right exactly it's like i've calculated your trajectory and we will miss each other (laughs) don't freak out (laughs) yeah but they they don't know what i'm doing and i I don't actually don't know really know what the solution is to that because like i also don't want to like zoom right in front of them because that's freaky so it's like uh, i'm just trying to pass behind you like it's fine i swear uh so Uh, i don't know this is why we all need like little blinking thought signs that just like display what's going on just like it's fine i'm not gonna hit you i see you it's cool <laughs> keep walking like no keep i'm walking. not deliberately steering towards you keep moving. everything is cool i don't want to hit you believe it or not yeah I, I think about like three years ago i started using like head nods and hand waves to like tell people what to do like you know in that situation of like someone in a crosswalk like you can kind of jerk your head to say like like you keep walking i'm going behind you Sure. Um, yeah, that's good. Point. And like every now and then, I've I've done I've done it like like with my hand in a sort of like how you would do it if you were comically like opening a door, being like <laughs> after, after you, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It really works. Like sometimes people are just really susceptible to like being told what to do, and it's a way of being like, I got this in control. Like you do this, and I'm doing this. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like I wish I, I wish I could convey that confidence. Be like. I, I promise I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just if you continue to do what you're doing in a predictable manner, then everyone will be fine. Now, I don't know. Do you think that people, like, is it that most people who are riding around don't know what they're doing? <laughs> I, I, like, I don't no. I don't know. I think it's, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to other people's thought processes. I mean, I'm sure depending on what type of cyclist you are and, you know, what sort of priorities you have, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I, I know some cyclists who, like, legitimately you know, don't care, and there's the cyclists who, you know, blow red lights all the time, which, I mean, I don't know if I have a strong opinion either way, but I personally deliberately try to stop at red lights, even if I can easily ride through them, just to kind of be like, hey guys, like, I understand it's a law, I will stop here, it's cool. Hmm. I know you have to stop here too, because you're in a car, so I'm going to do it as well. 
just because that like seems to gain so many points with drivers. But yeah, I uh, I wonder how much it does. I don't know. I I actually have many thoughts on the red light thing because my behavior is is kind of inconsistent. Um, you know, overall, uh, we've been going for a little while, so I don't know if I want to get into it though. I don't know. Yeah, the red light. The red light thing is is such a it's such a sticky topic for sure. It's super. I'm sure that we could spend literally an entire you know 45 minutes talking about it, 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 it and still have lots left to say. <laughs> I got into a, a pretty big argument with a mutual friend of ours recently about <laughs> about that actually. So it's about running red lights. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it actually makes sense under some circumstances. And she was like, it you're does. a terrible person. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to stay alive. <laughs> uh, it, it does. And it's like, that's where I, again, want that little blinking sign that explains my behavior and th- thought process to the people around me <laughs> when I'm riding a bike. It's like, no, really, I am doing this because of my personal safety and your personal safety. Because I desperately do not want you to hit me with your vehicle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's I want. That's the last thing I want. Believe it or not, I know you think that I want you to hit hit me, but I don't. Do you two think that, like, 110 years ago, when cars were starting to be popular, and like there were no rules and nobody could know what to expect from other people, that like, the first drivers had podcasts when they talked about their thought processes. <laughs> podcasts. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, podcasting was really, really big in uh, 1906. Everyone was like, this is the next medium. <laughs> this is the next big media extravaganza. Stop. We will have many podcasts covering a variety of entertaining topics. Stop. <laughs> They're doing it on like a Morse code thing. <laughs> like a telegram. Pod- podcastgram. They have to go and sing it at every house in their neighborhood. We're going to turn into a singing telegram. <laughs> I have feelings about cars. (laughs) Let me share with you my opinions on the 1906 presidential primary. Stop, actually. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) This tweet only took four days to get here from halfway across the state. Uh, Yeah, now I'm imagining actually like Twitter of the early 20th century. Uses actual birds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, right, yeah, it's like, no, 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 the reason for the 140 character limit is because it's got to be a light enough uh, exactly. piece of paper. We've surmised that the ideal character limit for a pigeon carrying letter is 140 characters. Like, yeah, here's your st- here's your standard note, and give it to a homing pigeon, <laughs> and it will be disseminated far and wide. In the days of early Twitter, your feed was something else entirely. It was all the grain that you had to give to your pigeons. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, those were man, missed those days. Back when uh you know, we were still working out the etiquette of, of Twitter, like you know, the uh the retweet where you uh kind of just initial the note uh, and and send the, the pigeon on its way to more people. <laughs> Someone else there's there's an etiquette to Twitter. <laughs> the etiquette is um I hate you and you're terrible. <laughs> That's what, this is that's why I you don't put my Twitter on job applications. <laughs> Especially not if you're trying to get hired by Jeremy Powers, am I right? Oh, yep. <laughs> Sorry, Powers. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, you know, it's been it's been uh, it's been 48 minutes or so. So we should probably wrap up. I don't know how much spring we talked about in our spring extravaganza. I mean, we we talked about multi-use paths. They're multi-use paths, but they're um, yeah. they're they're you know spring things people use in spring. Yes, and yes. other seasons, but also spring. Well, particularly well, spring. There's an increasing an increasing number of people on them. I've actually been kind of uh, cold and alone during my commutes, uh, but the weather has started to. I mean, not that it's been a cold winter; it hasn't. But the weather has started to get better not counting today which was rainy and miserable and gross Uh, and i've been seeing more people out there and that is both exciting because it means the weather's getting better and there's more people out enjoying it um and also i have some trepidation because you know things happen things do happen potentially bump into people but hopefully not i haven't crashed into anyone 
yet. Oh, well, that's not true. <laughs> I took that the other way when you said that. I was like, oh, great. God forbid you run into anyone at any time and have to speak to them. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I did crash into someone, or actually, more like someone crashed into me a few years ago, but it wasn't actually on a path. I was, like, turning left. There was, like, this guy, you know, it was, like, a kid, I don't know, with, like, a backwards cap and, like, plaid shorts or whatever, <laughs> riding his... Sounds like, like Boston. Yeah, riding his, like, GMC Denali or whatever, and there was, like, a left turn coming up, and I saw him swing off to the left, but, like, before the actual left turn, if that makes sense, and I was like, oh, what's he doing? Whatever. And then I, like, turned left, and ended up slamming right into this dude, because he had, like, turned off, like, across the street, like, before um, the actual intersection, and then, like, gone across on the crosswalk, if that makes sense, that was, that was across, um, this side street that I was turning onto and I had no idea what he was doing. So I, he was like just right in my path of turning. Um, so gave this really clobbered this guy and I don't know how he stayed up. And anyway, neither of us said anything. (laughs) Just silently. Just kind of went on our way. I was just like, what the hell were you like? What? Anyway, if he had if he had ended up on the ground, it wouldn't have been super sympathetic because it was like, what the hell did you just do? But that's hopefully not going to happen. <laughs> Basically, don't don't do that, people. Don't do that. But if you're listening, I know you don't. So anyway, um, okay. Well, anyway, this has been fun. Um, this has been one. fun. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Wide Angle Podium Network. We're really excited about that. Stay tuned for for more information about that. Check it out, WideAnglePodium.com. Um, you can also check out the the current website for the podcast, which will still be where we're posting things, um, just not where our feed is. StandardDouble.com slash WHBP. Um, I will be writing up a quick little post on the website, just explaining things in just kind of what it means for the show um, in a little bit more detail. Um TLDR, um, probably not a heck of a lot, and for you, the listener, um, except that we'll be able to keep bringing you great shows. Um, but that can be found at standarddouble.com slash WAP. And yeah, um, thanks for listening. I've been Greg. And I've been Francis. Or still am Francis. And I remain Matthew. Thanks for listening, everybody, and good night. Thank you.